Hi, you're listening to Go See a Show, New York City's independent theater podcast. Flux Theater Ensemble is back on the boards, so of course, I've got them back on the show. This time, they're at the Gural Theater at ART New York's space on West 53rd Street with the world premiere of August Schulenberg's The Sea Concerto. I spoke with co-director Heather Cohn, along with the whole cast. I'll let them introduce themselves. Take a listen. So I always like to start with everyone's name on the mic, uh, so let me know who you are and what you did on the show. The show is The Sea Concerto. It's another Flux Jam. Yeah. And welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. I'm Heather Cohn, co-director. I'm John Lenartz. I play Chappie. Hi, Alicia Spielman. I play Janet. I'm Emily Hartford. I play Penny. I'm Greg Oliver Bodine. I play Jimbo. I'm Corey Allen. I play Eric. I'm Morgan McGuire, and I play Linny. And playwright Gus Schulenberg is not with us this evening, so I did warn Heather I was going to ask her if maybe she could give us a little bit of the intro. Like, what is the show when you tell people come to see the Sea Concerto? Uh, you know Gus very well, so I'm, I'm hoping maybe you can tell us a little bit about what the quick pitch is for the Sea Concerto, and then maybe where, a little bit about where it came from for Gus, uh, at least to your perception of it. Sure. Uh, quick pitch. Um, it is a, a memory play, um, story of a young woman who goes back to her childhood home to try and understand why her father, uh, who was a professional jazz musician, gave up music and eventually gave up on the family and left. Um, and we flash back into scenes from her childhood. Uh, and meet all these fantastic family members that she has um, uh, had the pleasure of um, knowing and growing up with. And I know we've got that like uh, out east Massachusetts connection for Gus, um, so probably a lot of places and, and kinds of people that maybe he saw growing up um, or in, in, his, uh, in his formative years, but why this play? Uh, can you give me any sense of like, for, for Flux and for Gus, like, um, there's a lot of really strong themes of why we make art mm -hmm. in this piece. Uh, any, any insights as to why that came out for Gus right now? Um, well, I think it would be okay to say um, that, you know, this is in some ways his most autobiographical play. He has said that. He has written that, and it's out in, you know, the interweb, so I feel okay to saying that. Um, so there are a lot of things from his family and extended family that uh, are part of this show. He actually wrote it a few years ago. Oh, wow, okay. Um, so, and was developed at the Lark Play Development Center and Flux developed it as well. And then it was sort of set aside as was his playwriting um, kind of entirely. And so this was sort of a resurrection of, you know, playwriting and artistry. I mean, he was working on a novel, um, so it's not that he was not writing, but uh, yeah. And I think now he wrote it before Mersena was born, his, our daughter. And I think now like, being a father and coming back and doing this play now, it has like a very different meaning. I just became a dad two months ago and this uh, really has a thing, thank you, uh, but that, yeah, it really resonated and I think, and I was thinking about that as I was going through, like, I think I react to this differently now because life has changed. Um, yeah, it's beautiful stuff and I, it always is with flux, so I, I have the, the 
blessing of having so many of the cast members in front of me. So let's talk a little bit about like what this process was like. And uh, we don't, you can't list, sit back. I'm gonna, <laughs> gonna get you back into this in just a moment. Because I, I do wanna start uh, though with like, I, I, this is such, a, as I said, kind of a personal piece for Gus. Um, and obviously it's Flux, so y'all are working very tight to, tightly together, um, developing this. How did you find these characters, uh, who are obviously, uh, especially looking right at you, Greg, uh, very different people than who I can tell you are? Um, so yeah, this is, you know, and that's what we do as actors. Blah blah. blah. I don't want to give that terrible, like, cliched question of like, how did you become those different people and learn those lines? But it, these are some some very deep and uh, different sorts of characters than I can obviously tell these people sitting in front of me are. Um, more or less so. Uh, wh what was your way into this very personal piece with this guy that you work with so tightly? Uh, <laughs> I guess I'll go first. <laughs> well, I mean, there are obviously a lot of clues in the script. Um, and um, I mean, I've, you know, for, for Jimbo, I mean, I think um, a, a lot of his, uh, you know, his raison d'etre is, you know, comes from a very deep, Need for respect, and um, um, uh, you know he. I imagine that he, you know he's the the kind of guy who was, um, um, you know, was not born with a silver spoon in his mouth, uh, and um, and this 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 deep need I think comes from it, it, it. I think he's, I think there there's a a very large hole that he needs to fill, and um, which I think explains a lot of his. Um, um, desire for uh, materialism, um, so that's sort of how I approached the uh, the, the character. So. For me, as Janet, I had the um, I had the pleasure of being able to workshop it a few years ago when Gus was still in the process of writing it through um, our Flux Sunday program, as well as the retreat. We um, worked on it at the retreat, one of Flux retreat one year, um, and at the Lark. So. I, it was kind of really interesting to revisit a character I hadn't really felt in a little bit. And I think Janet is who she is based on the conversations I've had with Gus as a playwright, based on the direction that Kelly and Heather have, have given us and the other actors in the room. Um, Emily playing my sister, Janet is who she is partly because Emily is who she is um, as Penny and Chappie is who Janet is, who she is, because how John is as Chappie. So I think that that, you know, the, the whole ensemble is a reason why, at least I think I am portraying this particular um, character in the way that she is. And so in that way, I'm guessing that means she changed from when you first started working with her to this production. Yeah, and the script's changed a little bit too. We've uh, been able to actually develop it and actually have a production of it. It was really exciting because we got to really delve into some of the things that we didn't get a chance to in like a three hour span or in a day sort of span. So um, yeah, and a few years ago I was a few years younger, you know? So like every role I play is gonna be different based on where I am in my life. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a little older now. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll go. Um, uh, so one of the m most wonderful things about about starting this process for me was that it, it very much started from a place of um, 
of trust and belief from, from my fellow company members. Um, I'm a creative partner in Flux, and I, and I had the wonderful opportunity to, as we were considering this play, say to them, you know, I, I think I'd really like to play Penny, you know, and they, and they said to me, well, you know, she's not as nice as you are. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, and so, but having them, um, having them kind of put, put their faith in me and, and to try something, um, a, a very new character for me, and also um, coming back to acting after focusing on directing for a while. Um, so that was a really, a really exciting thing. And for me, Penny is, um, you know, is a character who has spent her whole life in in safety and abundance, and throughout the course of this play, um, has has a lot of that security taken out from under her feet. And Gus has written these wonderful. Um, these wonderful flawed ways that she tries to hold on to the people she loves and so that was at the core of it for me. And the play is also wonderfully self-aware, uh, something I really dig in the theater. Um, we, <laughs> you, you, your character has a lot of agency to control in some ways what we even see on stage yeah. and when we take a break. Uh, so um, can you talk a little bit about that because I, I find sometimes and this is maybe my own personal observation, um, I've had instances working in the theater where some actors just can't seem to understand that break, you know, between like, yes, you're, you're an actor, but you're also a human being who's in a room with other human beings, and sometimes you're not the character, you're, you're the character talking to me. So can you talk a little bit about like what that's like, you know, playing this dual role of oh. recalling these memories, making things happen on stage, and also playing our MC? Yeah, I think it's it's interesting. <laughs> no, because my primary scene partner, it feels like, is this person out here, this group of people out here who um, didn't show up until last week, and then, <laughs> who then um, and then I like and then sometimes they're sometimes they don't want to hang out with me. It feels well, like you were looking us right in the eyes. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. we're talking and we're supposed to hang out, and some people were not about that, and some people are. And like, you know, it's an interesting process and um, it's like, it is sort of like playing any scene. I'm trying to get something that I want, which is everybody on my team. And when they're not on my team, I feel like I'm working a little bit harder. Um, however that goes. So it does, um, it does change then uh, for me, like a little bit just um, in like, like, I don't know, I came out tonight and, and I, some guy, he smiled at me because I was like, we're going to do this. And he smiled and I was like, yes, I've got him. Um, and so, <laughs> I was like, oh, we can do it. And then the other night, some guy like sighed, poor dude sighed at the end, like towards the end. And I think he was having a feeling probably, but I took that as a sigh. And I was like, then you get this whole monologue. It's just you and me, bro, until the end of time, which <laughs> then he had another feeling. I would, I would say but, that side was probably feelings because there's a lot of feelings going on. Yes, but he was like in the front row sighing and I was like, 
Fine, we'll do this together then. <laughs> he seemed to be fine with it by the end. I mean, that he clapped odd. rather heartily. Do you pick somebody to talk to generally? Is there no! Because you I know, just... like auditions, you go to an audition no. and, the, and the auditioner will, like, don't use me. You know, you don't, you're no. not supposed to use them. I, if they, like, are interacting with me, like, they seem to be enjoying it, then I'll keep going back to them. If they've, like, turned away, then, like, I like, <laughs> yeah, try well, to not. <laughs> Peek behind the curtain. But that's how it's going. I mean, it really sounds like I tried to punish that guy. It wasn't. I just wanted him to re-engage. Yeah, and he here. did. Yeah. And he seemed to enjoy himself. If he had like done a thing where he turned away, I wouldn't have kept going. But it was like, you let him I off was the hook. like, <laughs> was like, oh, I, I got you. Like, I got the hooks I was in like, the mouth. Now. Come on, you like, you need this. And clearly he did. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Quite that bad. No, I mean, you come in and you submit to yourself to the theater, so it's like it is what it is. Well, um, I mean, like you said, we, we are <laughs> a vital like component. There's like panicking right there. <laughs> <laughs> no, do you honestly want to know what was in my head? Yes, I do. No, what was in my head was I'm thinking about what you were talking about, right? Is like what it means to be an artist, right? Yes. And you are not an artist in a void. No. Right? An artist requires an audience or a, you know, somebody yes. to view the art. Right? Especially this art creation. form. Like like you said, Especially you have any, an art, right? you had a partner that wasn't here until you opened yeah, the show. Yeah, until we opened. But I think like that is, it is as you yeah. like so, you See, know, astutely so pointed out, is like <laughs> it, such a core theme of the play. Yes. Right, is like, what does it mean to have that artistic voice, to lose it, to like question it, to like, is this, is there any point to any of it? You know, um, and like yeah. Eric's, I'm hoping I'm like tossing that, but an Eric sort of for you. Gotta you know, uh, the, the mystery of the play, where we like we don't get the answer that you know yeah. she, Lainey doesn't get the answer, and therefore we don't get the answer that she is like ultimately or what we think she is searching for the entire play. Like there is not an answer to that. Um, I'm gonna go full Matrix, full ah. Christopher yeah. Nolan on Red Pill, baby. I think what's really interesting about this play that Gus has given us, the gift of it is that it asks the question and answers the question at the same time. And they're constantly resonating throughout the play. Mm. And I think it's really what it is that Lenny's character is looking for um, that drives each, each moment. And I think if you come and you stay till the end and you get the series of questions that no one asks her, but that she's forced to ask herself, that you find out this whole conversation is an internal conversation. And I think that is one that every artist can identify with. Mm -hmm. Why am I doing the thing that I'm doing? Does it matter to anyone else but yeah. me? Uh, and I also think he's talking about, of course, legacy, family legacy. You've got the father and his daughter. You've got father and daughters, and then you've got marriages. But you also have the artist's legacy what that is mm -hmm. and I think the character that I get the, the great fortune of playing every night um, makes a bad gamble and I think the gamble that he makes is that his marriage and his family will be as fulfilling to him as his life as an artist that doesn't pan out and I think he decides then that he's going to be the best family man and businessman that he will be and that'll give him fulfillment and when maybe that doesn't happen, he decides that another option might be it. And I'm not sure that that pans out for him either. We don't get his answer at the end. Mm -hmm. But I think uh, Lenny is the answer to his question. Mm -hmm. And 
not speaking for Gus, but if Gus were here, <laughs> because we've actually had this conversation, I mean, something he had said is that, you know, what Lenny really needed was for her father to be an artist, you know, like needed him to be the thing that he was um, instead of making this decision that he thinks is the thing that's best for her. But actually what she needed was to like see him in who he truly was. So she could, you know, take that on herself as a poet. Yeah, and I think too, there's something about like when you accept the fragility of your parents, you can better accept the fragility of yourself, like as an adult. Like your parents were fragile because humans are fragile and they, um, they aren't perfect and they don't do things perfectly. And sometimes they screw up hugely. Like this is not a geek, leaving your 16 year old isn't great. Um, there's, there's no question about that. But the idea of like when you can, I think in really in that last moment, just accepting the fragility of her father, accepting the fragility of my father and just be like, okay, I like, yeah. And then accepting the fragility of myself, like, oh, I can't write right now. That doesn't mean I won't always be able to write. And when you accept that I can't write right now, typically then you can write. <laughs> I, sorry, I'm a writer, so that doesn't, um, I say that from like me sitting at my desk doing weird things. Um, mostly crying. But I think the, <laughs> it's dark, it gets so dark sometimes. She so, says tears, we laugh, we drink some for breakfast. But I think that is the real mo. I think that is a really beautiful moment of, and then I think accepting the fragility um, of herself and just being like, okay, well, I can't, I, I'm not doing this thing and I'm not, or I'm not doing it well in a moment. And that's okay. Cause that's most of life. And it's also most of life as an artist. And if you can't forgive yourself, like if, and if you can't forgive the people around you, you certainly won't be able to forgive yourself. And so like, um, you know, I have a friend, Susie, who sometimes is like, let's just work from the outside in. <laughs> um, and Susie is sometimes right about that. Sometimes if you work on what's outside of you, the inside sort of like nets itself out at the same time. Sometimes you need to do the inside work first, but like I think sometimes you can work from the outside in, and I think that's what the journey Linny's on. Balance. Ooh, we do get kicked out of this space at a little. So with that, this show is the Sea Concerto. We are at uh, the ARTNY, how we say this wrong? The Garel. Garel Theater, uh, third floor over here at 10th and 53rd. Um, you run through next weekend, which is the 19th. 19th. And tickets and more information can be found at fluxtheater.org. Theater with an R-E. Yes. yes. So this is what you get for being on the podcast every single show. I just, I don't want to miss a Flux Jam if I possibly can. So thank you all so much for a beautiful show. This is really great. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you, Heather, Corey, Greg, Emily, John, Morgan, and Alicia for hanging out after the show to chat. You can catch The Sea Concerto at the Jeffrey and Paula Gural Theater at ART New York Theaters, 502 West 53rd Street in Manhattan through May 19th, 2018. Head to fluxtheater.org, and again, that's theater with an R-E, to reserve your living ticket for the show. And, of course, to find out what that means, learn more about Flux's innovative and incredible living ticket program. 
Thanks to you for listening into the podcast. If you dig it, please like it on Facebook, facebook.com slash go see a show. Follow at go see a show on Twitter and rate and or comment on the show's Apple Podcasts page. Until next time, go see a show. See you, simple, famous. <laughs> <laughs> See you